You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Prince Kai Fan Pod. Today, I brought back a special guest. Do you want to say hi? I do. I would love to say hi. It's Ashley again, and I am here very excited to be reading about Chapter 14. Good. So, as our listeners know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, Becca and her family have started this grand adventure of selling their home and getting an RV and living at a campsite. So, while she's busy moving, Miss Ashley is going to fill in for us. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. Yay! I hope you're excited to read Chapter 14 of Cinder together. I am. I'm very, very, very hyped. Before we get started, I have lots of housekeeping this week, so I'm really sorry, guys. There's lots to talk about. The very first thing I want to mention, because I'm super excited about it, is I found a Twilight podcast. <laughs> You might be wondering why I'm so excited about this. There are tons of Twilight podcasts out there, and they all hate Twilight. So it's just episodes of them hating Twilight. And that's so not fun for me to listen to. This one is great. It's called Remember Twilight. You can find it on Podcoin, I think iTunes and Podcoin, and follow them on Instagram. They're really great. If you like Twilight and you like us, I highly recommend them. And do you want to tell everybody about our fan art from last week? Did you get a chance to look at it? I did get a chance to look at it. The fan art is a guy in the market and is exactly how... It's kind of how I pictured him, too. Yeah, that's exactly how I picture him, too. Not yeah. Lie. And it's become, like, headcanon for me. When I read the books, that's how I picture yeah. it. Yeah. But that is from last week because we missed an episode. So that one was posted on August 2nd, if you want to go take a look at it. And it is from Laura Hollingsworth. And you can find her on Instagram. And Very good rendering of it. Yes, lovely. And she has done other fan art of a similar fashion of all the other characters. So she's going to let us share those throughout the series. And we actually had three artists who submitted very beautiful artwork for this week's fan art. This first one is really emotional for me. Did you want to tell about it? I will. The picture is of Cinder, and it's when she's in the, what do you call it, the hospital or the the quarantine lab? Lab area. Research lab. Yeah, the research lab. And it's got some fingers pointing at the different parts of her body where her cyborgness shows. It's got the different percentages, such as like her head, 63%, 63%, her arm uh, being 98%, and it goes on, so on and so forth, pointing at the different different aspects of her that are cyborg that are That are peculiar. And yes, very peculiar. I found this to be very interesting and very impactful because I have not seen any other fan art of this particular scene from the books, mm-hmm. and I love her facial expression. 
It's very blah. And like she is, she's very uh, not happy with her her circumstances. Yeah. And then our second fan art from this week comes from Thigh Dudes. I'm so sorry if I. It's hard to translate Instagram, guys, but it's T H A I D O O D S, and you can follow them on Instagram. And it is of the very first scene in Cinder when Kai and Cinder are meeting at her booth in the market, and it's got her foot on the table, and his Nancy on the table in his sweater which is i it speaks to me because the <laughs> the weather down here is so hot i know it's ridiculous and muggy and i'm sitting here in 90 plus degree weather in a sweater as well <laughs> so it speaks to me because i wear sweaters like that because this took place in the books in august mm-hmm. and they talked a lot about how unnecessarily warm it was Yes, and yes. humid, very humid, like yes. it is down here. Yes, and I really like this picture, too, because it shows the grease spots on her shirt and how her hair's in, like, this messy ponytail on her head, and Nancy even kind of looks damaged when he when she's on the table. You can see, like, some dark spots where she might be dirty or damaged. Dirty, yeah, dirty, because yeah. Cinder is... Up to this point, always got, like, some sort of grease on her. Oh, yeah. On her clothes, on her face. Girl is a mechanic, and she takes it home with her. Yep. In the last picture that we have from Ernauts, E-E-R-N-A-R-T-S. Yes. And it shows a picture of Peony and Cinder with our favorite, Iko. Yes. And Peony is in her dress. It's very cute and pretty. I like this one. It shows the two different characters. the Well, all three different characters in a very good light. It shows how Cinder, how I picture her, being very angular and boyish. Yes. It shows Peony being short, kind of very curvy, playful in this big, huge, ridiculous, over-the-top gown. And Aiko just sitting there like... Oh, it's so pretty. Fangirling she, out on it. She does kind of look like a snowman. Yes. Oh, and wow. I actually kind of like that, so it's fine. <laughs> it's super cute. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's all I got for it. I love this picture. This is my favorite of the three. Not going to lie. I think my favorite is still that very first one from Laura Hollingsworth of Kai in the Market, just because mm-hmm. it has become headcanon for me. When I read the books, that is what I now picture. So... That one is very near and dear to me. And a very good portrait. It is. It's very They're all great art. They are. Really dope. So a big thank you to everyone for submitting those. And you can submit your own fan art. You can send it to our Gmail account at PrinceKaiFanPod or our Instagram account or Twitter or Facebook. You could even just, like, tag me in it if you already have it posted on Instagram. You can just write a comment and send it to me that way. And... It'll also now be featured on our website, which we'll get to in a second, but now we have a website. Yay! And it looks beautiful. I worked really hard on it, so I'm glad it looks beautiful. So we also have some feedback from our number one correspondent, Channery's Little Devil. Last week we talked a lot about, or I guess last episode, we talked a lot about where Kai's mother may have contracted the disease, how she died and when she died. And apparently this information is answered and discussed in very great detail in a later book that we have not read yet. So I will not, you know, ruin the spoilers, but we do have that to look forward to. So just hold on to to the to- the tailcoats and wait for it to be revealed. 
And I'm so sorry, but we still have more housekeeping to go, guys. We hit... 1,500 downloads on SoundCloud, so thank you. That's very exciting. And a couple weeks ago, we celebrated 200 followers, and Ashley and I did a live Q&A, which I thought was really fun. It was super fun. Yeah. I had a blast. I did, too. And I liked every everything everyone submitted, so thank you for participating. And we already have over 250 now. So big thank you. Well, I want to do another live. Every time we get to like a milestone, I'm just going to do a live. So when we get to 300, I'll do another one. Yay. Yay. And like I mentioned before, we have a big announcement. I made us a website. Yay. Yay. You can find it on our Instagram and Facebook. It is under our biography. You can just hit the link and it'll open right up. And it's princekaifanpod.wixsite.com. And Wix is spelled W-I-X-S-I-T-E. And it's very exciting. I want to say a very big thank you to at renegade underscore anarchist on Instagram for all the shout outs about our new website. We're really excited that we were able to get it set up and able to share it with all of you guys. And when you go on there, you can find all of the fan art, all of our episodes, a little bit of information about us. You can contact us directly using the links on there as well. And I wanna keep adding more to it. So if you have any suggestions as to what you think we should add, please let us know. More artwork. So I did get a question from someone about doing more topics or more segments in our episodes and Right now, we're just doing the one quote per chapter a week. But if you have suggestions, please me- like message us or email. And I will be happy to discuss them and see you know, if we think they'll fit. But we do have a lot of segments planned for the end of Cinder. We're going to do a favorite quote from the whole book. We're going to each pick our favorite Cinder moment from the whole book. <laughs> and we're each going to pick our favorite secondary character from the whole book. And I really want to do a special, like, Hogwarts housing episode. Oh, my gosh. That'd be crazy. Do you think that'd be fun, though? I think it'd be fun. I think you should do that one live. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, we could do it live and record it while we're doing it and then post it for everyone who can't come to the live. Yeah. I'll still put it on our... I will still post it as a regular episode, so you can still find it on our iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and then you'll be able to listen to it too. And in the meantime, I won't be doing this until the very end of each book. So message us whatever house you think other people should be in, why you think that character should be in that house, and we'll take it under advisement because there's a lot of different reasons for characters to be in different houses. I think there's a lot to consider. And I mean... (laughs) We should go through and actually, like, pretend to be the characters and go on to Pottermore and make the character. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. We could answer the questions with what we think the character's response would be. Yeah. I think that would be a neat... We might... Wouldn't we need, like, ten different... Email accounts? Email accounts. <laughs> Email accounts are free these days. That works. This. That works. Um, so that was all of our housekeeping. I'm so, so sorry because I know that that was a lot of housekeeping... And there's a lot to get into in this episode, so we're going to do that because that is what y'all are listening for. (laughs) So last week, we left off with the doctor, affectionately known by me, the doctor, (laughs) by him and Cinder discussing her different reproductive system and how it's still intact. Whoever went through and made her a cyborg, made sure that she was 
as much of herself as she can be, and that she possibly could have children if she chose that path in life. I think that's a big one. He touched her neck, and she crumpled to the floor. We talked a lot on the last episode, Becca and I talked about this suppression of why cyborgs, specifically female cyborgs, why the procedure that turns them into cyborgs would compromise their reproductive system because unless they were working on the pelvic region, they shouldn't be touching it. And we questioned whether or not it was an intentional sterilization. What do you think of that? Um, it could be, it could very well be. Um, it could be depending on, cause in, in this one, we talked about her spine Yes, being cyborg because it has to it has to communicate to her feet. I think you do have to go through the pelvic floor at the lower base of the spine, and everything's connected down there. I'm learning this <laughs> in my in my my trials with my physical therapy. Everything's connected down there, so you have to be very delicate in order to make sure that everything still is aligned and good. So I think somebody went through and actually made sure that she could have children. I think that's a very good perspective because we didn't talk about that at all. So, and I just, I love this slow opening to this chapter where it's just red light and then this green gibberish is all over the screen. And I, I just picture such a clear image of this when I'm reading it. And I, I picture like just sheer darkness and almost like white noise Mm -hmm. and then just an alert noise, the red, and then I can very clearly picture, like, neon green gibberish on a black background. Like The Matrix. Yes! Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Down, the Matrix, that's what, when, you, when you described it like that, that's what I saw. Because when I read it, again, for, like, the third time now, I actually just focused on, on that red light piercing her eyes. And I focused a lot on the gibberish, the green gibberish, mm-hmm. so I think that's good. Yeah. It's very sudden. See, I, I felt this was a little bit more of a sudden chapter. Well, I thought it was slow because we start off with just this alert and the gibberish. And then the first voice said this in a weird accent. The second voice said this in a weird accent. Oh, yeah. So the introduction of the first voice that she kind of sort of recognizes, the second voice that she kind of sort of recognizes, that felt like a very slow proceeding to me. Okay, I can see where you say that. Because she's, she's essentially rebooting. Everybody's like, alright, we're doing these processes, we're going to try and get our fingers to stop twitching, and now we're going to try and figure out who's speaking what. For that speaking, I underlined in the book, calm and unsympathetic, and then much more panicked. Yes, and the much more panicked voice belongs to Perrin's Kai. Yeah. So exciting that he just randomly happens to be. As, as a first-time reader, I feel like this is just shocking. Just like, what? Why is he there? But yeah, why is he down here? And the first time I read it, I exactly that. What incarnation is this boy well, doing Well, the very down here? first time I read it, I thought the more panicked voice belonged to perhaps one of his assistants, mm-hmm. like Lee. And the very, I remember the very first time reading it thinking, wait, it's not Lee. And I remember going back and checking, thinking that it specifically said Lee and it didn't. That was just where yeah. my brain went when I was thinking about it. Same reaction. So this is basically her second diagnostic test of the day, yeah. which means that it's still the same f- day. 
And I just... Language. Well, that's what the bleeping <laughs> I, I, is for. I know. You heard the bleep. So that means that it's still the same f***ing day and I cannot deal with that. I just... It's still the same day. Maybe, maybe because we're reading these chapters so slowly for the podcast that it's actually been two months of reading. But Other than one day of reading. It just <laughs> seems insane that this is still the same day. She has had a busy day. A very, very busy day. And, and traumatic. And she's ran into the same guy twice in one day in this giant city. <laughs> How lucky can she be? Really? Yes. And the first time he sought her out and the second time it's just serendipity. Yes. Serendipity. That's a good one. I love, I love that, word. that word. So this was weird to me. He can see the light in her eye. Did I, you catch that? I didn't catch that. It talks about... Let me get my book. It says, faintly worried that Prince Kai would notice the green light at the base of her pupil. Yeah. Faintly worried that he would notice the green light at the base of her pupil. So he can see the light of her... Other people can computer. see. Yeah, yeah, other people on the outside can see the light of her... Uh, brain computer, computer her, her cpu her, yeah her <laughs> computer system that i never would have thought of that i think that's almost i don't know if it, it feels like that's an invasion of privacy somehow that they can see that i think you would have to really be paying attention to somebody's eyes i don't know if you i mean well, yeah, you you're married so you've definitely looked in somebody's eyes deeply well also when you're talking to someone you usually make eye contact you do but you i don't stare so deeply at somebody's eyes where i'm like well, yeah. she met him before when they were at the market, and she didn't mention being worried about this. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why she's worried about it now. Maybe just because she feels like they have a connection now. Ooh, Ooh connection. So now she's wearing the gloves again. She is wearing gloves again. She's very happy about her gloves. She's, like, it's, emotionally attached to these gloves. It's, it's like a security blanket. I was going to say, it's her security blanket, her gloves. But I, I get it. I'm that way with my sweaters. That's I fair. I love wearing sweaters. They're so I, warm and cozy. It and seems dependent, but I'm that way with my wedding rings. I sit there mm-hmm. and I, like, play with them on my hands. And you feel naked if you don't have it. Because I go to, like, sit there and twirl it around my finger and it's not there. So, I get it. There's just certain things you get used to wearing them, and when you're not wearing them, you just don't feel like you're complete. I'm that way with my wedding ring, too. Definitely. So, Kai is there, and he's absolutely panicked about... Everything and it's so sweet. Are you alive? Did she hit her head? And the doctor says she's fine. Yep, he does. He's like, yeah, she's good. Good. He really doesn't care. I liked how. So they mentioned on the page before his unkempt hair. Yes. And then on here they mention hair again, but he's pushing back her mused hair. I think it's really sweet because she talked a lot about how she's not used to people touching her at all, and now she's had the second human touch. In, like, 24 hours, and it's from the prince of all people, and it just seems like such an affectionate thing to do. Very, very affectionate. I thought that, too. Yeah. Um, I also made mention in my little my little book notes that she couldn't overheat. It's still we a talked a thing. lot about her not being able to show emotions because she can't cry, she can't blush, her body prevents her adrenaline from getting crazy, so she can't even get, I don't know, overwhelmingly angry. And yeah, I think this is just another burden like that. I would I wouldn't necessarily call it a burden. I would want that. But think about the think about how you would never be able to have any kind of cathartic emotional experience. 
Well, that's a $5 word. Well, like crying can make you feel better. We talked about that a lot, about how many different benefits there are to crying and that she can't cry. Yeah, I can see where you're saying that. I've never cried to make myself feel better. Well, I've never intentionally forced myself to cry to feel better, but there have been times where I'm emotionally overwhelmed and I've cried and I've felt better afterwards. Or when you're mad and you vent to someone by yelling and you feel better. Think about the people. Think about the fact that you would never have adrenaline again. That one would be kind of scary. I use adrenaline a lot. Well, adrenaline is there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. it's a um a warning sign from your body, and that would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how intense that was, because those are those are hormones. Yeah, and it talked about the last uh, chapter talked a lot about how her hormones are going to be affected by the different chemicals that the the cyborg parts mm-hmm. have I don't know manipulated yeah in her body very... or adjusted she's very altered yes she's yes. very altered but I just I just like that couldn't overheat yeah and it does seem like like she's getting feverish though like it even says that word feverish clammy yeah. I love that word, clammy. I love that word, too. But it's very... I think it's one of those words where it's instantaneous. You know, like, we talked a few chapters back about the word musty and how you can mm-hmm. instantly smell that word. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a very good word to describe whatever the situation is. And I know, I feel clammy just thinking about it. I can I can remember what it feels like to be clammy mm-hmm. and have a fever and things like that. But she isn't supposed to be able to get a fever because she can't blush, is what it says. Can't blush, can't get a fever. Couldn't overheat. Can she sweat? Probably not. No. She can sweat. Okay. She can sweat because it talked in the very first chapter about her hands, like, instantly sweating when she put the okay. gloves yeah. on. So she can still sweat. Perhaps not in her cyborg areas. Yeah, like maybe her cyborg metal hand wouldn't, but her, you know, upper arm would. would, Yeah. Yeah. So she can still sweat. So she gets feverish. Kai is being sweet. Sweet and unpredictably affectionate. And She's, like, slurring her words again, so I was wondering if this is, like, before when she almost hit Dr. Erlond with the wrench and she was kind of disoriented and stumbling mm-hmm. afterwards, and I'm wondering if this is something similar. Like an after effect? Yeah. It could be. Because whatever he did, he touched her and she fell to the floor and went unconscious, it sounds like. So. Yes. Or, like you said, a reboot. It almost sounds like he turned her off. <laughs> he turned her off again. Yeah. <laughs> she like, comes back like, different. Yeah. <laughs> You do that sometimes, though. You just flip the switch when you need to. Like, oh, no, this isn't working. Let me turn it off and turn it back on. So, I don't know. Maybe. I did that today when I was troubleshooting my game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. I do it to the computer at work all the time because it needs needs a diagnostic test. You do do need to restart your computers at least once a week, if not more. You should do it because it needs that refresh. I restart mine, like, every time I use it, but that's just a habit that I have. Keep that habit. Um, it's a good habit. Sorry. <laughs> IT IT corner. Um. Yeah. So everyone, that is your IT expert opinion right there. Yep. Restart your computer. Restart it. And update it. Make sure it's up to date. Yeah, don't lag on that stuff. <laughs> so Dr. Erlon is lying his ass off. Yes, he is. You pointed out you counted it and it was four times it that was he lied. Four times that I 
uh, that Cinder in here points out that he's lying. I feel like it's five times. There's another time in here that he kind of omits the truth and goes on a little bit more in depth in his life, so I counted that as a fifth one, but Cinder herself counts four times that he lies. And That's maybe, crazy. Yeah. That's like compulsive level lying. It is. <laughs> and it wasn't just... It, that's where it's indicated that her orange light is blinking. Her warning light. Yes, that someone is lying. Yes, the oh. lie detector is so... She's a polygraph. <laughs> it's like, it's so useful, but it's so overwhelming. We talked about that in the very first time we noticed that mm-hmm. she had that, about how overwhelming that. it would be to constantly know when someone is lying to you. Especially because how many people you you may meet or encounter that are going to be lying about the simple little thing of, like, how are you? Yeah. Oh, and they're going to say, fine. And then Bing. I feel like that orange light is going to go off all the time. Mm-hmm. But this is what's really sweet to me, but kind of uncharacteristic is how, like, affectionate Kai is being with her, especially since he's known her for less than 24 hours. But there's, like, no sense of decorum with her, and I feel like that's really weird in this society where we've seen at least, like, what we have seen with Cinder's adopted family and how Audrey treated her children and, and how she was you know, very Mrs. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice about getting them married yeah. off. Yep, definitely. So it doesn't seem to fit in this world that he would be so caring and affectionate with someone he barely knows. So maybe he also felt a connection when he met her. It's faded. Star-crossed. Star-crossed lovers. <laughs> Serendipity. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I'm, I think Cinder also notices it because she imagines how quickly Kai would pull away from her when the doctor told her him that he was supporting a cyborg. Yes, because he's literally helping her up with his hand on her lower back, which again Ooh. just seems very affectionate to me. Very affectionate. Very masculine to feminine reaction. Yes. Very, very supportive. And this is like a weird moment to chiropractic... That he talks about what he was doing <laughs> and that it's some kind of old practice called oh. chiropractic and it's outdated but supposed to be very effective and that she's sensitive. She, yeah. So what do they use now if, if they don't use chiropractic measures? Because you still have to realign the spine. Yeah. Chiropractic is about the spine and the different um, bone structures. So let's see what he says exactly. Yeah. Miss Lynn was complaining of a bothersome pain in her neck, so I gave her a bit of an adjustment. (laughs) It's called chiropractic, a very old practice and yet amazingly effective. She must have been more out of alignment than I realized, and so the sudden realigning of the vertebrae created a temporary shock to her system. He grinned at the prince, eyes devoid of concern. The orange light persisted. So he was lying about this, but it seemed, I, I believe it, it sounded legit to me, I bought it. Yeah. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. Well, this is what's so great to me. It talks about how the doctor has mischievous eyes when he's talking and that she can see the orange light. Cinder gaped, waiting for the doctor to continue to move past his inane lie and start telling this prince all of her secrets. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't. And he cares. And he care. He's so perceptive. He's just like he picks up on it right away that she doesn't want him to know that she's a cyborg. And he picks up on it instantly mm-hmm. and just starts lying like crazy to cover it up. But but why is he lying? 
So I think he's lying because nothing is concrete yet. And Kai is panicked about his father. And I think right now, if he were to give Kai the information he has that Cinder might be immune and might be a cure, I think Kai would latch onto that so severely. And I think if it turned out that Dr. Erland was wrong and that Cinder cannot be used to create a cure, it would devastate Kai even more Mm -hmm. and lose faith in the entire research system. So I sure. I don't disagree with Dr. Erland, you know, saying what is and he's he doesn't say nothing. He says that that they have something, but it's I forget exactly what he says. But he says that they have something and he just hasn't elaborated on it yet. I'm gonna look for it real quick. Okay, hard to say at this point, Your Highness, but we have we may have found a potential lead. I'll of course keep you posted on any developments. So it is. I think that that alone indicates that there he doesn't want to share that information until it's an actual concrete cure, or until perhaps he needs the prince's approval of something. And I think it's because he doesn't want to get his hopes up. But I, I could, yeah, I could be wrong. What do you think? I think you're right on the money. I thought maybe because of his whole obsession with young females. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. maybe he ha- he wants to claim Cinder all to himself. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I got he, feels, he feels like um, possessive of her. Possessive. It could be very fatherly. It could be weird, creepy guy. It could be m- many different reasons, but I mean, he's very from the prior chapter. Prior chapters, he's very big on wanting the the younger female with lots of cyborg parts. So we talked about that when we first encountered it. That mm-hmm. he was seemed to be. I think that his assistant Fatine said suspicious. Yes. yes. And it also, to me, kind of seems like an obsession. Like, he perks up as soon as he thinks that it's a female young cyborg. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I feel like that kind of... Yeah, definitely a big red flag for me. Yeah, absolutely. that. Definitely. And then Kai is explaining how they met and how they know each other. (laughs) (sighs) I just... How is this still the same... 24-hour period. I cannot wrap my brain around how this is. So in this day, she met the prince, got a new foot, Woo. encountered Lynn, like encountered Sasha at the market getting the plague, took Nancy home. Nancy watched uh, her stepsisters get dresses when she got none. Yes. Um, talked to her stepsister, and we found... She was adorable and sweet. <laughs> went to the junkyard with her. Took her to the junkyard. We yeah. found out about the uh, the pumpkin. Yes, the pumpkin. Yeah, I love the pumpkin. Peony, you know, we find out Peony gets the plague. Yeah. She, like, walks home after Peony's taken to the quarantines. She fights off several medroids like a badass. Mm-hmm. And then... She wakes, I guess the fact that she woke up at the lab facility made me feel like it had been longer. Like maybe she'd been unconscious for several hours. And it seems like maybe an hour. Met at max. Yeah. And then wakes up and is here getting tested on. Getting tested on, finding out she's immune, finding out she might be able to help with the cure, finding out she can get 
financial compensation that she can keep secret from Audrey. Mm-hmm. And now some kind of dramatic crumbling to the floor. And now she's encountering Kai again. I just, this is a lot in one day. So yeah, I agree. This is a lot of, a lot hitting her at once. Hopefully this isn't a normal day for her. It doesn't seem like it. But I just, she's not overwhelmed. So taking it all in stride, good for you, girl. Because I'm overwhelmed just f***ing reading about it. (laughs) So Dr. Erland is so quick to lie. Very quick to lie. So quick. And it's, to keep her secret, but, like, why does he want to keep her secret? Why? Do you think it's just because he can see he's perceptive enough to know that, obviously, Cinder doesn't want Kai to know that she's cyborg, and he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to give that away. I think, yeah, exactly that on the head. He just, from his interactions with her, she doesn't, she's not proud of her cyborgness, and understanding that the culture, it's seen kind of... As a bad thing to be a cyborg. Oh, yeah. They're an oppressed... I don't... Is there a race? They're an oppressed... Yeah, they're an oppressed race. They're segregated against. I mean, she can't even buy a sticky bun. So I get why she doesn't want people to know, especially Kai. And didn't it say that she was worried he would be disgusted if he knew that that he would, like... Pull away. Supporting a cyborg. Pull away. And and later on, they talk about her, her... Assuming he was going to be disgusted, so yep. And we'll we'll get we'll get to that point in a minute, but yeah, I think maybe he's just perceptive and he's just picking up on the fact that she doesn't want him to know that she's cyborg. That and I mean I don't think HIPAA is a thing in the future, but maybe patient oh, doctor confidentiality. I didn't think of that. That's a great point. There's there's some things that the doctors aren't legally allowed to say to anyone about you. That's a great point. I didn't think of that at all. Yeah, very good. So, Nancy. I forgot all about her. Oh, Nancy. So, here's my question. Theoretically, Cinder was supposed to die when she was injected with the plague virus. Yes. So, if she had died, what would have happened to Nancy? Like, we know that she holds state secrets somewhere in there so like how would kai have gotten her back because she's just sitting in a in cinder's like basement cell i don't think he would have unless there's some sort of tracking unless there might be a way for him to like gps her location but then he would have to like go to the resident perhaps use his authority to be like i don't do you need a warrant for something like that if it's your property if you're the prince do you need a warrant at all no idea <laughs> not not <We're>, my lane. <laughs> yeah, we're but, not given an indication of how authoritarian this government is, but yeah, if he has any powers right now, anyway, as just being the just prince. the crown prince yeah. and not the emperor. Yeah, I just wondered about that. Like, what would have happened to Nancy and Kai if Cinder had died of the plague? Maybe she would have just sat there and got sold as parts. Yeah, if uh. If Audrey went down there and saw it, she wouldn't know that it belonged to the prince, and she could have easily sold it for parts. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, that's what I would think that she would do. She seems kind of malicious. Yeah, she's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I know she's yeah. supposed to be. That's how she's written, but she's very... Yeah, and she's very um, anti-machine, unless it's working for her. 
Because even she even treats Aiko poorly, and Aiko lives li- to serve. Yes, that's yeah. Aiko's job, and she just treats her like garbage. Maybe she treats anything that is more sentient to like garbage, rather than like a her fireplace. It is so strange to think of Aiko as sentient because she's just so human to me. Yeah, she's she's a sentient, but being. not in the way that we we interpret other androids in this society to be true because Because Kai point for her yeah because Kai points out it's weird that she has like a personality we're given the impression that her unique emotional capability is not something that other other androids have so very correct and she is I mean she is for me she's a person I know, I constantly forget that she's an android, and then someone will say something mechanical about her, and it's like, oh, right. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I have to remind myself. She's just a person with extra parts. She is a person with extra parts. Beautifully said. I like that a lot. Thank you. So after that, this is so weird. She's like, I thought she already saw the the holograph version of herself, but now she's she just seems so disturbed I think, looking at the holograph of herself. It's because Kai's in the room. You think that that makes her more I think it makes aware? Her nervous. She's, I pointed out later in the chapter, but she's obviously got feelings for this guy that she's just met. And, or at least a crush. Yeah. But it, she doesn't want people to know this. And she doesn't even want herself to know it. She was trying yes. to fight with herself about it earlier. And she's. She just hasn't come to terms. You know, if something traumatic happens and you've had to live with it, it's sometimes hard to look back onto yourself and say, wow, this actually did happen to myself. And she probably never got any type of counseling at all, never had a figure in her life to sit there and be like, you're beautiful just the way you are. Even yeah. though you're a cyborg, you're still beautiful. She's never had someone tell her she's beautiful at all, I don't Correct. think. Yeah, up to well, for what we're told right now. Well, also, she doesn't have any memory of being just human and not human slash cyborg. So we don't even know if she was given those compliments as a child. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that this would be very difficult for her. And it seems like she's right because where is it? Kai shook off his surprise. Cinder squeezed her fists together, nerves twisting in the base of her stomach as Kai recoiled from the image, a girl, a machine, a freak. I hate that word. I hate the word freak. It reminds me of Freak Show, American Horror Story. Oh, I've never watched American Horror Story, but it reminds me of Freak Show, and Freak yep. Shows were... I think that Freak Shows are one of the first instances in our culture of separating people with minor disabilities mm-hmm. and targeting them as less than, and so mm-hmm. that has always bothered me. But, yeah, he's the the word recoiled seems like she's right. If he did know that she was a cyborg, perhaps he would be disgusted, or maybe not because it's her. But they haven't had a connection for very long. Mm-hmm. So she, I, I think she's very nervous. She's got that first date nervousness. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's why I think that for her, when you mentioned about the hologram, holograph of her, she's even more not okay with it. Yeah, now she can see just how much of her is. Now she can see the percentages, because she didn't know how much percentage was there. 
She just knew that it was a lot of different things. Knew that she had something in her eye, her obvious her leg, her her hand. Well, it says her eye spotted the holograph behind him, still showing her inner workings, from the metal vertebrae to her bunched wires to her perfectly intact ovaries. So, yeah. She's she's having to look at all of the things about her that are, as Dr. Erlon said, peculiar. Mm-hmm. And all of the things about her that she hates. Pretty and much, she yeah. hates them because everyone has told her to hate them, basically. This entire society has trained her and everyone around her to hate be- people because of what they are. Exactly. It's It reminds me of how magazines are. Like With airbrushing. And, airbrushing. Yes, absolutely. Contouring. Um unnatural poses, lengthening of legs. Yes. Which there are a lot of celebrities who have posted side-by-side photos and mm-hmm. called out magazines for photoshopping them when they shouldn't have. Most recently Camila Cabello, who I love her music. Um most recently she posted something because someone had cut out the cellulite in her thigh mm-hmm. from one of her pictures and she put it she put it on Facebook and and Instagram. Good for her. Yeah, cuz I mean, we all have a little bit of that. She like circled it and she goes this, this. She says this isn't real. This is. She's yeah, talking about is, the cellulite. I work very hard to be okay with looking at myself in the mirror, so I hate when they do that type of stuff. The mirror in our new house, because our house is so small, only shows like from my neck up. So I've gotten a lot less insecure just because I can't see what I yeah. look like. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> and then I go ask my husband, I'm like, how do I look in this outfit? And of course, his response is that I look perfect. So yeah, I look good all the time. <laughs> I mean, you are cute. So. Oh, thank you. Dress you. Cute, so. I like to try. Right now I'm wearing a t-shirt with the logo from the TV show Friends. So I, I'm i wearing sweatpants and a sweater. <laughs> yes, and I love it because you look a lot more comfy than I do. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a little off topic, but... There's another lie. There. Which one? Hard to point out. This is the one we talked about earlier where it says that he says, my apologies, your highness, patient confidentiality. That was from today's draft subject. And she says another lie. I don't think that's a lie. She was today's draft subject. She was. Or no, she was volunteered. She was. well, Well, still. She was voluntold. Voluntold. But Let's use the proper but term. Still, but still, <laughs> being voluntold, I mean, she was a, quote, subject. She was a It drug. was from today, and it is patient confidentiality. I don't know if I would consider that one a, a blatant lie. It's not a blatant lie. It's omission of truth. Yeah, I could see Which that. Which is a lie. I consider omission a lie, yeah. He, he's very good at this, this game of lies. It comes so easily to him that oh, it's disturbing. Yeah. It makes me question everything we've learned about him so far. Why is it so easy for him to lie? He could be just that smart that he just... A peak? Okay. When I was younger, I think I was in, like, second or third grade. I had a math test, and I was really worried about it. And so I faked being sick. And I lied and told my teacher I was sick, and I told the school nurse I was sick, and they made my mom leave work and come pick me up and take me home. And my mom found out I was lying about being sick because I didn't want to take this test. So shout out to my mom because she's probably listening. And when she found out about the truth, she told me about something called guilt gut, which is where when you lie, your stomach starts to develop tiny ulcers and they slowly chew away at your stomach. 
So to this day, if I tell even the tiniest lie, I get a horrible stomach ache. And I mean the tiniest lie. A simple no, I'm busy when I don't want to hang out with someone. I will get a horrible stomach ache. Like, just... So lying to me does not come naturally. I avoid it at all costs because it causes me such severe physical agony thanks to my mother. It's interesting to me that the doctor is so capable of lying so easily. I, I'm a Slytherin. That's all I got. You're a Slytherin. <laughs> so you've never, no one ever gave you the guilt gut story? Nope, not nope. the guilt gut. Nope, that's what my mom told me. Shout out to Desiree for making sure that her daughter never lied. My mom could always catch on that I was lying. I mean, I pretty much never lied after that, so I'm sure she did. There were plenty of times when she would accuse me of something, and I would just blatantly, like, yep, did that. Oh. What's my punishment? Because my, my parents just instilled in us the worst possible thing you can do is lie. So yeah. we just don't lie. Well, I don't. I'm not speaking for my sisters. I'm... I'm not ratting them out for anything, but there you go. they don't have yeah. halos hanging above their heads. I'll say that. So she leaves. She just, this is so random. It goes, she finally gets him to like stop talking and the prince is talking about leaving. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to leave too. And yeah, this is yo. <laughs> Bye. I remember being so surprised that she could just leave. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, he talked about how she was going to be compensated for her time already. But they didn't really stuff. talk about her leaving like right away. I think she just wanted to get out of the. Oh, I'm sure situation. she did. <laughs> just run away. So he ah! says that he tells because Kaya's like, well, why is she here? And he says that she's there to look at a med droid. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to leave, send her back toward the exit. I should go then. Let you get back to work. She said, tapping the wrench against her palm. I guess um, I'll be back to make sure the med is performing properly say tomorrow and if you've never listened to the audiobooks i highly encourage it this yes. entire scene the way that rebecca solaire who is the vocal she's a voice actress voice actress yes the way that the voice actress rebecca solaire reads these scenes with cinder is just absolutely magnificent i they wish are. i could mimic her her tonation she does a very good job i actually read this first time by myself with my own eyes and then I listen to it and I prefer the audiobook 110%. Yeah, I love her inter- I love her performance of all of these and she also does the audiobook for Heartless and she also did the audio the audiobooks for the Renegade series. She's very talented. Mhm. Um so then she just kind of scoots out. <laughs> scoots. I like it. She just scoots on out. <laughs> but the doctor is not playing with this shit at all. I also have your ID number in case I ever need to find you. It's like, I know where you live. Pretty much. <laughs> Stalker alert. And <laughs> it's, I like, I underline this. He has no intention of letting her walk out forever. Of course. So she has to come back. Because it even says, like, as if to say that Cinder's, quote, volunteer status would only last as long as she did return voluntarily. Yep. So she was valuable now. She's valuable. Um, they they got her digits. <laughs> they got her digits. She does have her digits. And they can they can make contact at any time. That's scary. It is scary. And after he says that, she just leaves. And this is so sweet. I'll see you out, said the prince. No, no, that's fine. I can find my way. I hate this. Girl, let him walk you home. I said, like, 
I put stubborn with an explanation point. Absolutely (laughs) stubborn. Let him walk you out. You don't know where you're going. And she even says that. She doesn't know where she's going. She she doesn't know where she's going, but she stumbles along her words like, you have very important royal um, government mm, research things, I guess, to do, to to discuss. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Your Highness. And she, like, tries to get awkwardly bow and and try to sneak on out. (laughs) It just doesn't work. But he's so charming and he's so suave in this whole this whole chapter. He's so like suave and debonair, and I think it's pretty clear he's developing some sort of crush on Cinder, even though they barely have met. And obviously, she has a crush on him from before. I think it's the grief spots. They're very um, endearing. (laughs) But it's probably it, and I say that jokingly, but at the same time, I think it is because he's probably been only exposed to well put together women. And yeah. some guys don't like that. Some guys like to see the girl with no makeup and has her I, hair messy up. Yeah, so I get it. But Cinder is not the type of girl to... She doesn't mind a little grease under her fingernails because it's no. always there anyways. Which, why does she care if her hair is looking prettier or... Or not. It just needs to be out of her face. Yeah, she's got work to do. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of this chapter. It is. What did you think? I like this chapter. I did, too. I really oh. like this last part where she talks about... I'm just going to read the whole paragraph. Go ahead. Yeah. I got something about it anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. He was the fantasy of every girl in the country. He was so far out of her realm, her world, that she should have stopped thinking about him the second the door had closed. She should stop thinking about him immediately. Should never think about him again, except maybe as a client and her prince. And yet, the memory of his fingers against her skin refused to fade. Mm, girl, you got a crush. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes. Girl, you got a crush indeed. Yep. A crush. Yes. It's, she's just very enamored by him and she, she likes him. I can feel this so much. So before <laughs> my husband and I started dating, we were friends for a very long time. I met him when I was 15 and we didn't start dating until I was 20. Wow. So I didn't really develop a crush on him until probably a couple months before we started dating. (laughs) But I remember like thinking, not that he was a prince and he was out of my league, but I remember thinking and feeling like, you know, did he touch my hand? Did he mean to touch my hand? What did he mean about this sentence? What did he mean about this sentence? And we're hanging out alone. Is that weird? Is that new? Is this exciting? And I just remember the butterflies. And I still get them sometimes with him, especially if if we've been separated for a long period of time. But I just remember how overwhelming those butterflies can be when you're in that 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 uncertain bubble. In that moment. Yes, I can just, I feel it so much reading this. I don't get that. (laughs) You don't get that? I get it when I read it. Yeah. I've never experienced it with somebody that I know. I still get butterflies with Quentin, especially if I'm having a bad day and I know he's about to come home. I get butterflies of the anticipation of him coming home and getting a hug, you know? So I, I get it. And I really, I can, I can physically feel (laughs) her emotions right now. I, I have referred to my husband as my prince. He was my prince in shining armor. Oh. I know. It's sweet. He found my wallet. <laughs> a couple days ago. Knight <laughs> in shining armor right there. Right. My prince. I call, I, love. I call my husband king of my heart, which is even more 
appropriate now that Taylor Swift has a song called oh King God. of My Heart, <laughs> and I love me some Taylor Swift. But, yeah, I've always called him King of My Heart, so. I call him my husband Sweet Chicken of the Sea. It's it's a tuna joke. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, a, we, it's a Jessica oh. Simpson reference if you're my age. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Well, he, he read me a book once. It's the only book that he's that I remember him reading start to finish in less than a month, which is saying something. He does not read books very fast. He's very slow. Uh, he read this. It's by Zach Wilde. It's his memoir book. And one of the quotes we took directly for it, and that's our nickname to each other. That's Sweet Chicken of the Sea. I like that. So what was your quote for this week? My quote, and solely because of the audiobook, is you can call me Sin. Der. Cinder would be fine, Your Highness. I've done this a lot. Yeah. I go by, I, my name is Ashley, but I go by Ash a lot, and, like, you know, you can call me the, all right, bye. So, my quote is basically that entire paragraph I just read, but my specific quote, and yet the memory of his fingers against her skin refused to fade. That is so beautiful. It's sweet at the end of that. (laughs) After everything she's gone through today, that just is such a sweet, sweet note to end on. Yep, that's what she... She remembers. Of all of the traumatic stuff, that's... The sweet ending. It is, and after the day that she's had, it's nice that she gets to end on such a, a normal note of... Yeah. The boy she has a crush on touched her skin. And she she felt sparks. Ooh. I love it. So that's the end of chapter 14, and we have one Easter egg for this week. Yeet, yeet. Yep. And next week we will read chapter 15, and Ash will come back and join us. I shall. Which is very exciting. I'm very excited. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Prince Kai Fan Pod and send us your submissions for Fan Art Friday by visiting our website, Ooh. which is so exciting that we have a website. And if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a comment on SoundCloud or CastBox. And now you can leave a comment on our website and I will read it as a review. You can also give us a shout out on Instagram. I've had a lot of people do that and I really appreciate those. Um, so yeah, send us any questions, comments, or concerns. Just remember, no spoilers. Spoiler free. Yes. So I will see you next week. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Ashley Leonard. Thank you for listening.